All right, testing, testing. Can you hear me? Uh, I've got no way of knowing if people can hear me, so let's just hope that they can. I'm guessing that they can. This is John LeBond coming to you from Bangkok on the 1st of October 2019. And if you can hear some background noise, that's because it's a little bit windy up here on the roof on the 26th floor of this apartment complex. And this is the only place that I can get internet in this entire apartment complex, so far as I can tell. I certainly can't get it in my own room, which is a little bit problematic when you use internet as much as I do, but that's okay. You've got to roll with the punches. Some things work out all right, some things don't when you're on this kind of trip, but you make the best of every situation if you want to have a good time. So, like I said, I'm going to assume you can hear me. If this gets broken up in the in the recording, then that's just bad luck for all of us, I guess. But it is the 1st of October, and I heard a, a rumour today. I heard a little bit of information that I thought was rather intriguing. Apparently, Rollo is here in Bangkok as well. Can you believe that? So, somewhere out there in the distance is a crazy, belligerent, often drunk, tall Aussie man probably having the time of his life here in Bangkok, Thailand. So perhaps we might be able to organise a rendezvous at some point before we both have to leave this beautiful country, this beautiful city. Wow, what a place to be. So again, let's assume that this is all coming through nice and clearly then. It's been a little bit of time since I was last on fakeologist.com. When was the last appearance that I made? I think I was in the first place in Saigon. So we're going back two or three months ago now, perhaps, is what I seem to remember. So it's been a little bit of, uh, a little bit of time. So why don't we go to fakeologist.com and just do a quick little recap of what's making the news at fakeologist.com. We've got our ah, military casualties simulated. This is the front page of fakeologist.com. On the 1st of October 2019, our military casualties simulated. And it's all in capitals, which I don't think AB does very often. So he obviously felt this was very important. And he has copied and pasted a short block of text from Clues Forum. I'll read this out, first couple of sentences. It says, Ladies and gents, we have seen how the alleged 9-11 victims were fictitious, simulated entities made up out of thin air and entirely crafted in the digital domain with facial morphing softwares, today readily available to consumers such as this. This discovery has led me to ask myself, so what about the US military casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan and other war zones? Could they possibly also be at least partly simulated? This will of course sound like an extreme, unthinkable supposition. I believe this is Ab quoting Simon Shack, or the entity calling himself Simon Shack, clues for him. So Ab has copied that text into this post to share the post, and he provides a link so people can go and read more of it. Now, in that text, Simon says that this might sound unthinkable, that they could simulate the victims, the, uh, the dead soldiers, if you like, from the Afghanistan or the Iraq war or other war zones. He says this might sound like an extreme, unthinkable supposition. Uh, not to me, Simon. No, not to me. And not to a small but slowly growing number of people out there in the broader conspiracy culture, what I call the ACT realm, ACT, Alternative Conspiracy Truth. 
No, it's myself and to this group of other people. It doesn't sound extreme or unthinkable at all. In fact, it makes perfect sense. Because war is, in fact, a hoax. So the Afghanistan so-called war, of course they'd be faking the victims of that. Where else are the victims going to come from? They're not real victims, okay, to make believe. Now, is it possible that some people, some real people, who go by their real names and and go to go join the military, is it possible that they end up in places like Iraq or Afghanistan and lose their lives? Is that possible? Yes, it is. People lose their lives in workplaces all around the world all the time. It's just a sad fact of reality. And this is especially true in workplaces that involve certain practices. So in the case of the military, what do they do in places like Afghanistan or Iraq? Well, they're involved in strategic relocation and demolition. They are building new buildings. They're demolishing old buildings. They're helping to transport infrastructure. In these kinds of roles, occasionally accidents do happen, and sadly, occasionally people do die. But that's very different to war. It's very different to war. So a lot of the stories that we're given about people dying in, for instance, improvised explosive device attacks, those are make-believe. Those are not real. Those are, in fact, a hoax. So it makes no, it's not a surprise to me at all that the military or whoever's responsible for this would be faking some of these, uh, some of these casualties. So no, Simon, it's not unthinkable to me. Uh, Gaia is in the live stream chat. Gaia, can I ask you a favor? Can you tell me, is the audio coming through clearly? Because I've got no way of knowing. And the Wi-Fi up here on the roof, it says I've got two bars out of five, which I believe is sufficient. And I did a speed test before I pressed uh, join live stream. But you never know. So Gaia has let me know that it's coming through. Well, thank you, Gaia. I appreciate that. Gaia and I have butted heads at times over the past few years, especially on this kind of topic. But uh, I appreciate the assistance there. Thank you for letting me know. So apparently this is coming through crystal clear. Yes, so getting back to the post then. So what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about here is abwithfakeologist.com has shared on his blog, on the main page of his blog, a post called Our Military Casualties Simulated. And he has copied and pasted the text from a Clues Forum thread. Clues Forum being a forum, internet forum, where people discuss all kinds of media fakery. And the guy who leads that forum, a guy who goes by the name Simon Shack, he has made this thread recently, in the last few days, in fact, suggesting that some of these victims are simulated. Now, what Simon does, or what whoever is behind the Simon entity does, is they go through a whole list of photos of alleged victims of war, and they notice some of the red flags that indicate simulation. That is to say, and I recommend you go and check this thread out for yourself, is they go through these photos and they notice, hold on, these photos don't seem legitimate. These photos that were being given by the, the mainstream news outlets of these victims of war, these casualties of war, these don't look like genuine photos, actually. They, they look simulated in much the same way as the photos from 9-11 were simulated. So for me, you can imagine this is all very interesting because I've been exploring the concept of the war hoax for years now. But I didn't always sit here and say, war is a hoax. This has not always been my thing. I used to believe in war completely. In fact, I used to believe that we were headed for World War III. I used to really believe that. I was writing a post for johnablon.com today. Didn't get it finished, but I spent some time on that today. And in it, I was going back, right back to even before my first ever podcast, and I was talking about, well, what kind of videos that I used to watch? <coughs> and back when I was still pretty much a normie and, and sort of swinging on that pendulum from normie to conspiratard, because a lot, of, a lot of us do this. We, we go from normie to conspiratard before we 
arrive at proper skepticism is so what happened to me was I, I started watching these videos by a guy called Storm Clouds Gathering. Storm Clouds Gathering. So we're talking here the end of 2013, the start of 2014 is what we're talking about. And what I'll do is I'll see if I can get the streamer bot going. I'm going to show you guys this video. I'm going to play it for you right now, just a few minutes of it. This is a video that I used to fully believe was legitimate. And this video, other videos, other stuff I was reading, especially Zero Hedge and forums like uh, Godlike Productions, these kind of places, due to all of these sources of quote-unquote information, I, I believed, I genuinely believed that World War Three was just around the corner, or at the very least that it could be just around the corner. I truly believed that. So give me a second, I'll go and find this clip. Why did the United States attack Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Yemen? Why are U.S. operatives helping to destabilize Syria? And why is the United States government so intent on taking down Iran, in spite of the fact that Iran has not attacked any country since 1798? And what's next? What are we headed for? When you look at the current trajectory that we're on, it doesn't make any sense at all if you evaluate it based on what we're taught in school. And it doesn't make any sense if you base your worldview on the propaganda that the mainstream media tries to pass off as news. But it makes perfect sense once you know the real motives of the powers that be. In order to understand those motives, we first have to take a look at history. In 1945, Bretton Woods Agreement established the dollar as the world reserve currency, which meant that international commodities were priced in dollars. The agreement, which gave the United States a distinct financial advantage, was made under the condition that those dollars would remain redeemable for gold at a consistent rate of $35 per ounce. Now let me just pause this here. I need to give some more context for you. So this is a guy called Storm Clouds Gathering. And this particular video was originally uploaded in 2012. In fact, according to the, the, the metadata of the video, it says September 11, 2012. So we're going back seven years now. When I first saw it, it was late 2013, early 2014. And again, I have to make this point to you very clearly. I bought into this narrative, this narrative that you're being presented with right now. I bought into this. I, I truly did buy into this. So let's pick it up from there. Let's press play. The United States promised not to print very much money, but this was on the honor system because the Federal Reserve refused to allow any audits or supervision of its printing presses. In the years leading up to 1970, expenditures in the Vietnam War made it clear to many countries that the U.S. was printing far more money than it had in gold. And in response, they began to ask for their gold back. This, of course, set off a rapid decline in the value of the dollar. The situation climaxed in 1971 when France attempted to withdraw its gold and Nixon refused. On August 15th, he made the following announcement. I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets, except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. The United States. This was obviously not a temporary suspension, as he claimed, but rather a permanent default. And for the rest of the world who had entrusted the United States with their gold, it was outright theft. In 1973, President Nixon asked King Faisal of Saudi Arabia to accept. 
And so what he's suggesting here is that after World War II, they brought in the Bretton Woods Agreement, which had to do with how the different nations handle their monetary policy. And then the US stooged the world and printed too much money. They didn't have enough gold to back it. So Nixon temporarily suspended convertibility of the dollar. And it's because of this, and I'm going to not play the whole video, he fast forward, I'm fast forwarding for you what this guy is saying, that because of this, there is now a thing called the petrodollar. And it's because of this petrodollar that the US has to go to war with these countries in the Middle East, and they're able to go to war with the countries in the Middle East, because that's what underpins their whole economy, their whole monetary and financial system is dependent on the oil that's extracted from the Middle East. And so for that reason, the US goes to war with Iraq or it goes to war with the so-called Taliban in Afghanistan, etc., etc. And then he suggests that what's coming next, he uses a clip from, and I forget the general's name, but I'm sure if I said it, most of you would know it, the guy who says that he was told, and this is from like a Democracy Now! video, he was told that the US was going to go to war with Libya, Sudan, blah, 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 and finally Iran, Iran, as we pronounce it. And so he says that's what's coming next, right? Now, it's easy to sit here today and say, well, that's crazy, blah, 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 but I'm just trying to explain to you where I was a few years ago. This all seems very plausible to me. This seems sensible. Because this guy who made the video laid out the case. He's like, let's look at history. Let's look at what's happened. And so long as you buy into a few basic uh, fundamental beliefs, it's a very easy story to go along with. If you believe in geopolitics, if you believe that the nations are truly enemies with one another, or at the very least they're controlled by different groups of people, entirely different groups of people, if you believe that war is a real thing, if you believe that the, the so-called crude oil is coming from beneath the earth in the Middle East, if you believe all of these things, then it's very easy when it's put together like this to think, holy crap, maybe the US really does want to go to war with Syria. And you, I don't think we so much hear about the, uh, what was the leader of Syria's name? It will come to me. I don't think we so much hear about him now, but a few years ago, there were lots of stories about, oh, he's gassing his own people or he's hurting his own people or something like this. So you tie all this into the air and it's like, holy crap, they're, they're preparing for us to go to war. And so what this guy then says is, oh, guess who's aligned with Syria? The Russians, right? And at the time, I was oblivious to the Cold War hoax. Okay? And again, I still believe in geopolitics and those kind of things. So what he suggests is, oh, if America does invade Syria, Iran will defend Syria, and then the US will be at war with Iran, but then the, the Russians will stand up for Iran because they're a very important strategic location, and then it's going to be World War III. And like I said, I bought into this narrative. I really did. I really did. Now, why have I been thinking about this recently? Well, let me tell you. Because I saw a video yesterday from a character named Stefan Molyneux. I'll be back in a second. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Paul. You're listening to Fakeologist Radio on Fakeologist.com. Yes, Fakeologist.com. Thank you, Ab, for facilitating all of these conversations at Fakeologist.com. And it was Assad. Thank you, guy in the live stream chat. Assad was a dude's name. Yeah, so a few years ago, this was a story that we were hearing, I remember hearing or seeing a lot. Oh, Assad is a bad guy. He was, it seems like he was being set up as the next uh, Saddam Hussein or something like this. And so, anyway, yeah, so yesterday I saw a video by a guy called Stefan Molyneux. I want to play some clips from that for you right now. Just bear with me. 
you know, not the, um, it's really not the easiest topic for me. Or maybe for most people who, like me, don't like showing the soft underbelly of their vulnerabilities and fears and concerns. But I don't know what's the point of praising honesty as a virtue and encouraging it in you guys if I'm not honest and direct with you myself, which I'm going to be. Because, you know, it's time to lift the lid. I need... So this is Stefan Molyneux. This was a video uploaded in the last day or two, and it's entitled My Brutal Year. In fact, he puts in the title Stefan Molyneux, My Year. And it's a 13-minute video. Let's just play the first minute or two. To tell you what the hell has been going on with this show over the last little while, because it's been... I mean, so I'll be straight up with you, man. It's been pretty brutal. It's been pretty brutal. Earlier this year, very early this year, my views on YouTube crashed like 80%, very quickly, right? Very quickly. And that's partly a YouTube policy for people who don't violate their standards, but they just don't like, right? And then, you look, I knew it was going to be tough, right? It's one of the reasons I started doing documentaries last year. Like I did Poland, uh, I did uh, a whole series that's still ongoing on California, and I was just out for a while in Hong Kong where I just did incredible stuff. Uh, we got amazing footage. I was there with the director of Hoaxed. Uh, I mean, I was down in a protest uh, talking with people. I interviewed the guy who wrote their constitution, another politician, uh, interviewed entrepreneurs, and was right out there in a protest against communism when the protest and myself, we got hit with, well, with tear gas and that uh, was intense and brutal and visceral. And I just put that footage out. I hope you will check it out. So I knew, because, you know, it's an election year in Canada this year. It's election season in America. And, you know, they're... So you get the idea. He's saying that he's had a tough year. His YouTube views have been throttled. All these kinds of things. And I don't really know how to fast forward with the playback. And I don't want to play the whole 13 minutes, but... By the conclusion of the video, he is appealing for donations, basically. He's saying, guys, I need money. I haven't got enough money, so I need some more money. But he's also saying to people, well, give me some ideas. Do you have some ideas of what you want me to do to make more money? Do you want me to write another book? I'll write another book. Do you want me to make documentaries? Because the last documentaries didn't get much support. Do you want me to keep doing them, or are they a waste of time? Should I do something else? And although he doesn't say it explicitly, there's kind of like an implicit undertone that if he can't make enough money, he's going to stop doing the free domain thing. Like I said, he doesn't really say that explicitly, but that is the implicit undertone of what he's saying. If you read the comments below the video, that appears to be what some of the viewers have interpreted him to be saying. They're like, oh, Stefan, I'm giving you money. We don't want to lose you, blah, blah, blah. These kind of things. Now, I saw that video yesterday because I saw it posted in a thread on 4chan, which I still read from time to time. And 4chan is a message board, so it's kind of like an internet forum. And it's difficult to know exactly what the, the demographics are, but the poll section of it, I would put to you, is predominantly late teenagers to people in their mid-30s or early 40s would be the main demographic, almost entirely male, and people who are interested in politics and generally who lean towards what some people call the right-wing or conservatism would be a, a broad overview of the the demographics of their user base. And I couldn't tell you how many people use them. It could be, they could have thousands of daily visitors and, and regular users. Uh, it, could be, it could be in thousands, I would say. It's, it's very difficult to say. But the point is, it's a fairly popular message board, and so I browse that every now and then. And I saw a thread yesterday saying, oh, Stefan Molyneux, the e-beggar, wants more money. 
And I'm like, I haven't seen anything of Molyneux for a while. I'll check out this video. And so, like I said, I watched it. And while I was watching it, I remembered, or it might have even been in the minutes after I finished watching it, it occurred to me, hold on a second, this is the guy who made the video, The Story of Your Enslavement. And that was one of the two videos that were huge for me at the end of 2013, start of 2014. So before I learnt about media fakery, before I learnt about any of these kinds of things, it was the Storm Clouds Gathering Road to World War III video, and it was this story of your enslavement video. So give me a second, I'll see if I can play that. This is the story of your enslavement, how it came to be, and how you can finally be free. Like all animals, human beings want to dominate and exploit the resources around them. First, we mostly hunted and fished and ate off the land, but then something magical and terrible happened to our minds. We became, alone among the animals, afraid of death and of future loss. This was the start of a great tragedy and an even greater possibility. See, when we become afraid of death, of injury and imprisonment, we become controllable and so valuable in a way that no other resource could ever be. The greatest resource for any human being to control is not natural resources or tools or animals or land, but other human beings. You can frighten an animal because animals are afraid of pain in the moment, but you cannot... So you get the basic idea of what he's saying there. He's saying that humans have been slaves because they're afraid of death. You can use this fear against them to control them as a resource, which will make intuitive sense. A lot of the issue is that he claims it's gone through several phases, and then he starts citing ancient history. And of course, ancient history, I now know, is a hoax. It's not real. It's ancient Egypt and all this kind of thing. Pre-civilization, it's all a hoax. It's not real. He's also relying, it seems, on the concept of evolution, that humans suddenly evolved become afraid of death. So at some point, they were just like animals, and at some point, they were suddenly afraid of death. Again, he might not be stating this explicitly, but that seems to be the implication of what he's saying. And of course, human evolution theory is also a hoax. But at the time, I didn't know these things. So I found that video very compelling. And those were the two videos that I used to promote on the different internet forums that I was using. And I even used to play those videos at my apartment if I had people over. All right, so people are over visiting, maybe having a couple of beers and doing something later on. Hey, let me show you something. What do you think of this video? I used to show people those videos, those two videos. And again, we're talking late 2013, early 2014. And I'd kind of forgotten about them. I'd kind of forgotten about them. I've been so focused on how it was Sandy Hook and Boston bombings and media fakery and, and these kinds of things that had a big impact on the direction I was taking as a person. But before that, immediately before that, it was storm clouds gathering and the fear porn and zero hedge and this kind of nonsense. It was that, and it was a story of your enslavement. Hey, humans are enslaved. This is like this is a like a, an outcome of evolution of society, evolution of humans, blah blah blah. Here's what's happened. Those two videos had a huge influence, and I was only reminded of that yesterday when I saw the the Molyneux video appealing for donations. And so I've been reflecting on that uh, since yesterday. Today I've been writing about it for a post for my website. Because it's interesting, if, if you know your own path, you can sort of reflect on, well, what did I see? What did I hear? What did I read? What conversation did I have? What person did I meet? What were the influences that led me to go down this path, go down that path, et cetera, et cetera? 
And I'm fortunate in the sense that I can remember these things. My memory is obviously not perfect. I've never met someone whose memory is perfect. But I seem to have a pretty decent memory of my own past and the different things that have led to where we're at. So even if, even if I don't immediately recall what I saw or what I did, I can just work my way back. Okay, well, I know that I eventually saw this. What led me to this? And, and I can work my way back. And so, yeah, working my way back over the last five or six years or so, like in my mind over the last few hours, been working back through the five or six years, it's been interesting for me to think about the influence that these videos had. Because now I can sit here and say, World War Three can't happen because there is no World War One and Two. There never was a World War One and Two. There's no such thing as so all of that fear porn that I bought into, it's all complete nonsense. What I learned subsequent to the Storm Crowds Gathering video and all of his work, as I didn't just watch one video, I watched a whole ton of the videos. I really believe this guy was legit. And what I later discovered was that nuclear bombs are a hoax. That was largely through the work of people like Ray West, who was interviewed here at Fakeologist.com. In fact, I've interviewed him twice. And it was through engaging with that work, I started reconsidering, well, hold on, what do I know about nuclear bombs? It turns out the answer is not very much. So I had to go and look into it further. And it turns out they're a complete hoax. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. And so I looked into it further and I found out that intercontinental ballistic missiles are a hoax, B-2 rockets are a hoax. All these things are hoaxes. And fast forward through and it turns out it's all a hoax. So as I sit here now and I see that Clues Forum are talking about the, the Afghanistan victims hoax, or the victims from that, these uh, purported events, and I see that Ab is now posting about this, because when we interviewed him on the John LeBond member Skype calls, back then we were using Skype, not Discord, when we interviewed Ab for, I think it was episode 22, he was on the show, he still seemed to be of the belief that war is real, which, I, I have to be honest, I, I did find that surprising. How can someone know so much and then sort of get stuck on war? But based on this most recent post, it seems as though Ab is also coming around to the war hoax. So as I sit here, I think this is good. Good to see more people... Uh, at the very least being exposed to these ideas. And the reason why I think it's good is because the benefits had for me. Instead of having this inherent existential angst about the world going to war or about nuclear bombs being dropped or any of these kinds of things, that's all gone now, completely gone. Now, some people never had this angst. They've never really, even though they believe in, in all these things, never, it's never affected them in any way, at least as far as they're aware. That's cool, that's great. But I think a lot of people do actually have, whether they're aware of it or not, some, some degree of, of existential angst or of fear or, or whatever you want to call it about what might happen. Whereas me, I'm not worried about what might happen next. Not in this world. So the world as it is, no fears whatsoever. Me as an individual, well, who knows what my future holds. But the world, no. No nuclear war, no wars whatsoever, no petrodollar wars, none of this nonsense. Not, not afraid of it at all. Not, not the least bit afraid of it. Because there's nothing to be afraid of. It's all fake. It's all a hoax, you see. So the war hoax is a very useful white pill to understand. And this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of Dave J. Because Dave J has been exposing war hoax for a long time now. An awful long time. He's not the only one. There was a guy called Marcus Allen who used to do a lot of work with people like Chris Kendall from Hoax Classes Call. And we're going back years now. It could be six, seven, eight years. I'm not sure. There was a call that Marcus was on with Chris Kendall, and what Marcus suggested was, hey, how do we know there's any bodies in those coffins? You know those photos that you see of those transport planes? What do you call those planes? See something? Big transport planes that uh, the military have. And we see these photos from within, and there's all these coffins with American flags draped on them, you know, ostensibly going back from the war zone to the US. 
you know, uh, repatriating the bodies of the dead soldiers. So we see these photos of, of coffins, the flags on them. And what Marcus was asking was, okay, how do we know there's any bodies in there? Though? How do you know that? But he was asking. I think that's a very good question. So Dave Jay's not the only person who's been trying to get people to think about what they think they know about all of these topics. Certainly he's one of the most prominent, as far as I'm aware. And that's one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of Dave Jay's work. There are people on the other side of the spectrum, though, who are still floating around to this day who seem to be trying to get in the way of this conversation. And there's no need for me to name any names specifically, but they know who they are. And those of you who've been on this website, fakeologist.com, for a while, you know who they are. When the concept of war hoaxery comes up, they want to get in the way. They want to argue the position that war is real. Now, you can sit there and go through with them, line by line, the hoaxery. Do you believe in nuclear bombs? No, no, they're a hoax. Okay, good. Because you know that in World War II, both sides were claiming they're real. Mm-hmm, okay. But you, you agree they're a hoax. Okay, good. All right, how about intercontinental ballistic missiles? Do you believe in them? And some people haven't looked into those, but it's easy to explain the hoaxery there. Well, you know that they evolved from the B-2 rockets, Werner von Braun, the Apollo missions. These are all, they're all tied in together, believe it or not. They're all tied in together. In fact, the B-2 rocket was supposedly the first man-made object into space. Did you know that? Supposedly. If we had to go past the, the Kármán line, an object goes past the Kármán line, and it's uh, now officially in space. Well, the B-2 rockets were that object, according to official history. So these things are all tied in together. And so you can get the people to realise, OK, well, there are hopes as well. OK, good. Because you know that both sides were claiming that these rockets were getting fired over the English Channel. You understand that? OK, good. So now that we've established that both sides are lying about the same thing, is it possible that they're not really two different sides? Can you see they're actually on the same team? Yeah, OK, great. OK, good. OK, good. This is, this is going all right so far. How about Kim Jong-il? Let's look at the modern boogeyman. How about Kim Jong-il? How about Mahmoud Ahmadinejad or Bashar al-Assad or any of these people? Do you believe they're really boogeymen who want to destroy the US when you this nonsense? No, you don't. Okay, so line by line, you agree with the hoaxery. And now even people are starting to come around to the hoaxery of the, of the casualties. People are coming around to that. So let's add that onto the list now. So there's all these red flags, all these of hoaxery. But you want to sit there and tell me that war is real. Is that the case? Why would you seek to do that? What is your game? What's going on here? Hmm? What's going on here? Now I've got my theories about what's going on. And they can basically be boiled down to this. A lot of people seem to enjoy arguing for the sake of art. They're not really interested in progressing towards a constructive conversation, in towards a better understanding of objective reality. That's not their interest. Occasionally they will do that, but that's not their primary motivation. Their primary motivation is attention. They like the attention that comes from arguing, whatever it is. And I think for a lot of people, this war hoax topic, even though they agree with all the premises, they can see all the red flags, it's so easy to sit there and argue that war is real. To say what a controversial topic to touch. And so that's what they're going to do. And they'll go around in figure eights, arguing, oh, you can't say war is a hoax, you can't say this, you can't say that. But ultimately they agree with all the premises. They agree. So why are they trying to get in the way? Well, they can only do that if people enable them. And I think in the past, going back a year, two years, three years, I did enable this kind of obstinate behaviour, this kind of destructive uh, behaviour. I enabled it. Because I took these people seriously, I thought they were genuinely interested in their constructive dialogue trying to approach the objective truth, trying to work out, well, what can we agree on? What evidence do we have? What are the logical conclusions that follow from the premises we can agree on? Now I see that's not the case. So what I have to say to all of you out there in fakeologist land is that if you can agree with these premises, 
if you're coming around to the idea that we're lied to about the victim, you're starting to realise that there's all of these problems with the official narratives of war. I would suggest that you're not going to be doing yourself any favours if you try and present the idea that war is a hoax to people who will only ever argue for the sake of arguing. You're going to have to work this out for yourself. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Uh, now, I'm not sure if we just lost the bot. It sounded like you said you're listening to another hour and it just appeared. But maybe that's my internet connection. Maybe my internet connection is, uh, is breaking up. So I've got a lot I want to do tonight. Well, I've got some internet working for me. It's 9 o'clock p.m. here, local time, in Bangkok, Thailand. So I want to leave it there for now to pop back into Fakeologist. What's audio chat is? Let me find it out. What are we up to at Fakeologist.com? What was the most recent audio chat? I didn't listen to it, so I don't know the number of it. Find out. 614, 616. Okay, so this will be number 617. Well, there you go. That good for me. 617. 17's a favorite number of mine. So this will probably be Fakeologist audio chat 617. Perhaps somebody else will come in and record something to be part of this uh, post. Perhaps this will be all you hear for this call. But this has been JLB on the 1st of October, 2019. Now, three months left in this year. Can you believe? Nine months gone already. It's gone quickly. Where are we? Three quarters of the way through. Hold on. I think we've been joined by someone. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I had the radio on and there was a small delay, so I just uh, heard uh, you were leaving uh, the chat. Uh, Interesting. Good talk. Well, I, I could leave, but since you're here, Guy, I'm not happy. I'm not uh, too uh, worried about leaving just yet. I'm happy to stay for a bit. So, did you hear any of what I was? Yeah, most of it, uh, at least the l- later parts. What do you? Can I ask you your opinion? What do you think of this Simon Shack idea that there's simulated casualties in war? Um, I think it's great he uh, supplied the data, but I think most of us are at the level it's a no-brainer. We know about the faker in the world where two photos, and we, uh, in, in all photos, the media spits out. So it only makes sense that it all... Do you think this, this adds weight to the idea that war is a hoax? Do you think this supports that notion? Not muted. Two, two, one, two. Hello. I don't hear you. Let me switch on the radio. Two, two, one, two. I see you lighting up, but I don't hear you. I will check the radio. Maybe it's my end. John, you cannot hear me, right? I can hear you fine, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, you're, of course, in, not in a first world country. <laughs> you're lighting up, but you're not coming through. A two one two. Hello. Yeah, no. I... Is that coming through clear? Yeah, not clear, but I hear you. You have a lot of background noise, wind sound. Yeah, I'm on the roof, man. I'm 26 uh, floors up. I've got no internet <laughs> in my apartment, so I've had to use. The, I'm actually right next to the pool. No, you don't have internet in your apartment in Bangkok. Wow, yeah. dude, I'm the first person to use this Airbnb. 
And this uh, guy obviously doesn't know. Yeah. Never do this. Okay. Yeah. Don't please. Yeah. So I've I've learned my lesson. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so yeah. So what do you think yeah. about this idea that that if there's fake casualties in war, it it kind of suggests that maybe they have to fake the casualties because there's no real ones, especially from uh, IEDs. Uh, I would like to take it to a, a little bit higher, more broad perspective. Um, the thing is, you know me, I, I don't like to provoke, right? So I don't like other people to provoke either. And if you say war is a hoax, you're provoking people. And that's, I think, a very bad idea to do. Um, but if you rephrase it as war as a hoax, I think then, yes, we're on the same page. If you approach I think we're making progress. From I think we're making uh, progress then. War but there, there was never uh, no progress at all. It's just the way of phrasing things, I would say. But uh, so, yeah, it is. People jump on it because they immediately are triggered by death, right? What Dave J says, bringing death into the room. And death is the most final thing uh, what uh, Molina rightly talked about. I still think. This uh, video has a lot of value. I played it a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, what is real. And, yeah, there are real deaths. So that is uh, in your family. I mean, people you can trust who wouldn't lie to you that they know people who died with their family or so on. But then taking that as an, uh, a data point to hang the whole mainstream or another alternative uh, warmongering YouTube uh, Alex Jones style uh, uh, narrative on yeah that is not fair in any kind of research it's not a scientific approach it's a data point so there are real deaths okay but how many that's to be investigated when how by whom for what reason all these factors are not necessarily uh, as they tell them to uh, tell us to be right but yeah so yeah, that is the trigger that people get immediately. It's, it's a Pavlov reaction, right? The NPC. So the same thing happens yeah. though, if I say that the Boston bombings were a hoax. People get <laughs> triggered by that, but it's that's not the intention. It's just stating the facts. No, I sometimes think, the facts. I mean, sometimes well, the facts are triggering. Sometimes people get provoked by the facts, but that doesn't I mean, mean that's I, the intention. Your your biggest success uh, is uh, supported by the numbers. Is your video on the Manchester uh, Ariana Grande concert, right? That was, I think that approach, it still works today, and I think uh, would trigger, I think triggering and challenging is, is healthy and good, should be, we shouldn't have this SJW uh, safe space environment, right, that is what they want to create for a lot of things, and we shouldn't comply with that, I think, first re rule of fight club or so, of a fakeologist club or whatever you want to call it, right, not complying with it. Yes, it's mind control, and they want to control us in ways, but it's up to us if we choose to go along those ways or if we choose our own pathways. Well, it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page with war, hoax reading. And I have to say, I've already said before, it's good to see. It's good to see Ab and Simon Shack now starting to cover this topic. Because to me, this yeah. is the logical conclusion of, of media fakery. Right? We find out about war through the media. We know that they can fake all of these other things. The idea of not taking that to the next step and saying, okay, well, how about war? Seems absurd to me. So this, it seems yeah. to me like genuine progress is being made, which is good news. I'm very happy about it. Yeah, and if you look at the people who 
produce these videos you, you played about World War Three and then in these alarmist kind of things, they all talk about the military-industrial complex. Okay, we know the military-industrial complex was far ahead in technology in the past because they gave us GPS, the Internet, and so-called satellites, but they are fake. But okay, um, and other so-called inventions, right? So we know they are techno- technologically advanced, and that only makes sense because they developed the technology in the end. Look at Israel, uh, the two number one uh, products of Israel are software and weapons, right? So, um, so if you take that as a given and as a logical conclusion from your research into World War III kind of thing, then you know that they can stage whatever they want because it's the military-industrial complex, right? It's the powerful complex. So if they can do that, they can also stage things. But then suddenly, that is not... No, that is beyond the realm of possibilities. Uh, well, the same people even look at Apollo, which is a military-industrial thing in the end, right? So, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm glad we have reached a level of consistency in our thinking, I think. And that is, I think, very important too. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Well, I would love to sit here and chat with you guys because this uh, could be a very amenable conversation. But I've got to get going because it's yeah, quarter past nine in your local time. But uh, yes. once I get to Hanoi... Once I get to Vietnam, I've already uh-huh. sorted out a much better accommodation. I'll be able to do more of these these kinds of shows. So perhaps we'll get a chance to cross paths. Will you meet uh, Rollo? Well, I hope so. I only found out today that he's here. I didn't know that till today. And then I got no, you... told by Rick in the Discord that Rollo uh, is pretty uh, commonly the fart. Uh, it was already announced a couple of times, but uh, okay. I haven't listened to the, to the most recent uh, episodes of, of that show. So this was news to me. It's, it's just fun. I mean, it's, uh, the part, you, you describe it, okay, maybe it's not the be- best platform to spread your serious ideas, but still, it's fun. And you, you hear... No, I agree, it's fun. I agree, it's fun. And, and those guys have a great time, and it's very well produced. And for what they're trying to do, they're doing it very well. I've got no problems whatsoever. No, I'm not a critic of their show. No, the point no, that I made to Rick today was that if we're going to have a serious conversation... That's not yep. a platform to do it because no, it's not a serious. Yep. I'm not trying to have a serious conversation. That's the point I was making. Sure. But that wasn't meant sure. to be a criticism. No, 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 sure, sure, no, completely right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's why I did the frac 13B with Garris for five hours after the fight. But it was cool. Oh. So and I have a good uh, trip then to uh, Hanoi, and uh, yeah, we will talk uh, again. Well, if I do meet up with Rollo, we'll, uh, we'll make a video yeah. with him and we'll give you a shout out. But um, do do yeah, there you go, on, guys. So Definitely. you take care, and maybe we'll, yep. uh, we'll speak sooner, right? Yep, okay then. Stay away from Starbucks. Yes, when? Now. Now, Jim. Now. Yes, now. Buy, sell, stop, buy, purchase, sell. Yes, no more monkey business. No more monkey business. Yes, enhance your portfolio. $500. I got $500. I'm insured. Yeah! Window of opportunity is opening now! Now's the time for all the men to seize the moment! The moment! Now it's time for all the men to seize the day! Ah! Quit playing the fool! Mastercard! Visa! 